Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Ah, welcome back to Herd Tell. Hot topic because he wrote the piece about it over two years ago and it still gets good numbers and it keeps coming up because it's an issue that keeps evolving and growing and people just can't seem to get their heads around it, how the Latino communities are growing politically. Our buddy Mark Izagari. See, I knew I was going to blow it. Just say your own. Izagari. That was close enough. That's good. I just got done doing an interview with some folks from West Virginia, so the accent got on strong. Izagari. Mark Izagara, he writes better than I say. Great guy. How are you, sir? Appreciate your time good. today. Good, good. Thanks for having me on the show. He's an attorney in the Houston area. We have to disclaim it. That doesn't mean he's your attorney, so you can't get legal <laughs> advice from him. But he's a good guy, good writer. He wrote in Ordinary Dash Times about uh, the Latino growth in the Rio Grande Valley, Texas, an area he knows well. He wrote that clear back in 2020, but it keeps coming up, Mark, because I don't know that folks can really get their head around the fact that we saw the census data. The Latino population is the fastest growing, but it's growing organically. It's actually not through immigration. It is now through births and the death ratio. Folks just can't get their head around this. Why do you think that is? Well, I think part of it's been the assumption has been immigration and, and, the, and the centrality of immigration as far as being both a political issue and the assumption that this was the that the rise is going to be constantly from that. And I think it's something that it's people have often have forgotten that particularly in Texas, I mean, my family settled in Texas when it was still a Spanish colony. You know, I mean, there have been people there who've been there for a real long time and the nat- and it's been all natural increase there, you know, for many generations bolstered by people, by people coming in from, from Mexico and other parts of Latin America, particularly Mexico in, in, in Texas, particularly. And so that, that's one aspect that I think, and things that immigration has declined. Also, the birth rate in Mexico has declined dramatically. I mean, a lot of it, has, it can be also explained by the fact that in Mexico, I think, I think you know, several generations ago, that the, the birth rate was like you know, four or five, you know, per, well, now it's close to the United States, more like a replacement rate of two. So people are staying, and um, so so that's that's feeding it. So you so now that you have people who are here, and you've and then you have the people who've been here for very, very long standing, but then the ones who've been here for a gener- generation or two, um, they're you know a, the, 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 the politically incorrect term assimilating, you know, some but assimilation in the population, but also you know, they also come with their own beliefs and their own customs and their own views, and and with respect to voting. You know, a lot of it has been more conservative than people have given it credit for. And while they voted for the Democrats, and, um, and I, you know, I'm Democrat, you know, you know, voted Democrat for years, um, that, that the Democratic Party in, say, South Texas is very going to be very different than the Democratic Party in Dallas, much less in 
New York or, you know, or, or Chicago. And the, and so you have, a, you've had a certain conservatism that's, that's always been there that, that didn't necessarily manifest in, in voting for the Republicans for a whole lot of reasons. But a lot of those reasons aren't necessarily that different than other Southern, than, than white voters in other Southern states. Um, and you talk about it being more of an organic thing than a political thing. We're talking kind of the old term, the, I hate to put it this way, but the pre-Trump definition of conservatives, um, obviously, uh, historically, a lot of Catholics, very family-centered, family values type issues. But you also talk about just professionally, uh, one of the great lines you had in the piece that keeps getting play on the commentary was, you know, you talk about things with the police issue. Well, in places like the Rio Grande Valley, they are the police now. They yeah, are the right. they are the lower level administrators in local government, in the mm-hmm. school boards, in things like this. Um, that's part of that assimilation thing you're talking about. And I don't know that folks realize that maybe their stereotype hasn't caught up to how integral into these communities these folks are now. Yeah. And I mean, in the, in the case of Rio Grande Valley, I mean, they have always been, or at least for a real long time, been the cops and the business people and the, and from, from the small business people to the small shop owner to the, to the very wealthy. And, um, and then you have that spreading to the rest of, to the rest of the United States, particularly in Texas, where, I mean, I live in Houston. I mean, the, um, the you know, the last po- Police chief was Cuban, not Mexican American, but Latino. Um, you know, there's no shortage of, of Latino cops. There's no shortage of Latino business people, and um, and I, and I would think that's that's the case as things spread throughout different parts of the country. To, and to me, it's interesting to see how that will play out as more Latinos vote to areas where there hasn't been a big Latino population, like Arkansas, North Carolina, places places like that. But that, but I, but I go back to you know, you know, when you look at voting. I mean, voting tends to follow certain demographics. And you know, policemen tend to be, or law enforcement in general, and by that I'm including the border patrol, for example, tend to vote more more on the conservative side um, wherever they are. Um, small business people tend to do the same. So they're really they're following a trend that would not be particularly noteworthy if it were among you know white voters in Texas. The term is Anglo voters. It's not a pejorative or anything like that. It's used to differentiate you know white people who are who are latino versus you know those of you know anglo-saxon descent but um but the thing is it's somewhere you know the the you know no one would be surprised that that the policemen or or the business people in a you know in a small texas city yeah, you know, it's predominantly Anglo. We're going to be voting voting conservative, and now that means voting Republican. You know that wasn't necessary. That wasn't the case for so long, as we all know. The Democratic Party dominated the South for you know for you know for over a century, and that was not a liberal Democratic Party. Um, you know, and that was something where there was a you know there was a liberal and a conservative faction within the party, and in a lot of ways, the the Hispanic vote in South Texas wasn't always necessarily on the, on the liberal side of the, of the party. It would just depend on the issue and depend on the, um, you know, the, 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 what was salient at that particular day. We've talked about it before, and it's been all over the national media. If you look close enough, uh, the democratic party really got obsessed over this demographics is destiny. There's parts of the Republican party that fall into this on the other spectrum and got into a really dark place with it in a hurry, but we'll leave that right. for another day. But The problem with when you get into that is you just start lumping these people into a demographic onto an Excel spreadsheet and you think they're going to act a certain way. But like you said, a Latino in Texas is probably going to be a little different than a Latino in Florida or a Latino that has moved to a northern state. You really start losing the fact that, you know, there's an environmental and I don't mean 
the climate, I mean where they live, where they work, the communities they start, you know, grown up in, raise their kids in. Those are factors that don't show up just under the heading Latino, but it greatly affects their politics and their cultural beliefs. Right. I mean, there's going to be a push and pull based on where you live. And then that's natural. I mean, and for that matter, if, you know, if it's say Latino who's made from more conservative background, who goes to a more liberal place, quote unquote, and they're going to be influenced by, by that just because that's the environment that, 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 that they're in. And again, that's, that's normal for me. I mean, you know, the, the idea of like, well, you know, the conservative family, the kid goes off to some liberal college and comes back, you know, kind of spouting off stuff. That they're just like stunned and, you know, and by their liberalism. Well, that's not, that happens everywhere. <laughs> and, um, and it's, so it's not going to be surprising that, that, you know, why would it be surprising then that that people who move to a particular place, if the politics are more conservative, adopt it. And also, I, I don't think one can um, underestimate the importance of what I would call transactional politics, political patronage. Um, a lot of people get involved in political activity, not necessarily for terribly ideological reasons. They just want to be involved in the public process. They want to, you know, they want power if you want to, you know, fit in a more mean way. And, um, and, so they're going to do business with who's who's there. And if you're in a state where the Republican Party is really dominant, then it would stand to reason a good chunk of people are going to become Republicans just for that reason, if, 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 for, if for nothing else, much less actual ideological reasons. And once you're around people and start working with them, it's natural to start in any group to start um, kind of inculcating you know, the values from, you know, from that group. So that, so that's why I think in a place like Texas, that the, the move hasn't been, you know, that, and first of all, the, the whole demographics is destiny. I mean, that's something that speaking personally, I mean, years ago, I was, you know, writing about in, in other places like Huffington Post saying, don't do this, please don't make this assumption. And, and, and part was for the reasons you're talking about that people change, you know, people act in unpredictable ways, but also just from my own experience, like I used to be a Republican myself and I knew plenty of Latino Republicans that I was, you know, in places like South Texas in particular, just thinking you, you shouldn't make these assumptions. And a lot of times people's partisan um, uh, makeup is based on local factors. I can even get, go a little specific. I mean, the South Texas uh, state reps uh, and and congressmen, often on social issues, um, would tend to vote more 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 with Republicans, like the, the Texas state legislature. And um, you know, even, and they would be strong on issues wanting to on what you know you might call the um, you know social social spending that sort of thing, more traditional liberal. But but even then, it's like, is that shocking? I mean, a lot of in the old days, a lot of northeastern you know what they used to call the the, the white ethnic Democrats. Um, Polish, Italian, and, you know, and such in the Northeast were um, very pro New Deal, very much in favor of more, you know, kind of involved in the economy to to help the poor. But they also were socially conservative, and um, and there was a drift there too. And that's and um, and again, you know, if you saw it there, why would you be surprised seeing it elsewhere? Talking to Mark Yizagiri, did I get it right that time? Yes. Uh, our buddy Mark Yizagiri is talking uh, Latinos, uh, some writing he has done. When we come back on Hard Tell, we're going to dig into it a little bit deeper. Going to talk about a wonderful term he used called Rancho Libertarianism. Going to talk about what that is. Also talk broader spectrum, what it means when we try to just lump people into people groups. More with him right after this on Hard Tell. Uh, welcome back to Herd Tell. Our buddy Mark Yizagiri, who is a name grenade for me to have to get my hillbilly tongue wrapped around, but we're working really hard on it, my friend. Uh, you had a wonderful thing in your piece. I love this term. And then once you uh, extrapolated it out, I liked it even more. 
Rancho Libertarianism. Uh, explain to us what Rancho Libertarianism is. Rancho Libertarianism, that's a great term created by a California writer, Gustavo Ariana, who is a great person to follow on Twitter, to, uh, on, on, um, you know, in, in media in general. He writes, I believe, for the LA Times. And it was a term that he came up with to talk about and the 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 sort of conservatism that you see among among Hispanics, and he was talking more about California, you know, and, and maybe California rural Hispanics, maybe kind of in Inland Empire and that places like that. But yeah, but but it's certainly valid in Texas, and pr- in fact, probably even more so. And there, I mean, it, you know, it's libertarianism, not in a sort of either Ayn Rand sense or in a really theoretical kind of Cato Institute sense. It's more of just a leave me alone sort of worldview and it's it's basically just like you know uh, it's it's this idea of like being very you know, kind of fiercely independent uh, often people who are maybe small landowners you know small ran- you know have their own small ranches um or they're you know small business people and you know and it's latino you know so i mean you also have the you know, all the things that go that whether it's you know uh religion you know more more catholicism than than you know than than not although there too the one thing that's interesting there is the extent to which um, a lot of pro, a lot of hispanics have been converting to various protestant um you know to denominations and that's really a, a lot of those t- tend to be like latino evangelicals tend to tend to definitely be, be more conservative um, um than um than a lot of latino catholics even and 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 just this idea but but also this like kind of you know a, a tie into a while they're ha- happy to be in the United States and fiercely and fiercely patriotic, they also you know have a warm views towards Mexico, and you know that's the largest of the of the um you know of the the countries that they came from, and you know whether it's manifesting in food and music and just sort of like a certain type of there's just there is a certain kind of sense of humor. It's kind of hard to really describe, but basically that that when you're in you know in a place like South Texas, you just kind of get. And um, and, um, and that sense of humor is, you know, I mean, you could say is how it plays into mainstream American culture. It's not one that's, you know, it's definitely one that can, frankly, listen to a guy like Joe Rogan and laugh and you know, and be, you know, yeah, I like that guy. <laughs> and, um, you know, me gusta. <laughs> and, um, you know, and they're not and, you know, they're not not, you know, not one for, you know, for being over, overly offended by things. And um, and so that really play, that plays into it. It's 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 just a sort of cultural thing there that. That is again not that different from, you know, from uh, uh, other people who are similarly situated. But yeah, but Rancho Libertarianism is, is a great concept that I think um, that that Gustavo Ariano, you know, m- you know, came up with that really I think th- describes a certain uh, sense of it's not even ideology; it's more better to say sensibility. And that sensibility is even if it's people who live in big cities, there's a rural tinge to it. And I think that's one thing that particularly say, you know, in a place like, and I always go back to Texas because that's where I'm from, you know, know, I live in, you know, Houston, Texas, you know, but I grew up in a smaller city. And yeah, I think the, the amount of people who, who are in the big cities of Texas, who are just one or two generations from certainly a small town, much less even a ranch is, is, is pretty high, higher than I think in California and other places. So again, you know that that the, there is a certain you know rural sensibility that I think is, you know is there that 
that that feeds a certain type of again raunchy libertarianism a type, a type of conservatism it, it it didn't necessarily mean that one voted republican in fact it meant quite the opposite for a whole big period of american history but right now you know it's definitely moving people you know and i don't overstate it i mean the latino vote is still predominantly democratic but the thing is if the, so much of that assumption from stuff like the emerging democratic majority thesis from earlier in the 2000s is this idea that if you, that you could have overwhelm that, that for you would have overwhelming Hispanic support for the Democrats, you know, it, uh, the, the the Republicans in Texas were able to maintain a working majority and did for, with people like George W. Bush and such with forty percent of the Latino vote. You don't need a majority; you just need a big enough plurality to where you, you to where you can that's enough to kind of get you certainly over the hurdle. With, you know when you got you know tied in with 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 other ethnic groups, but also just. To me, it affects the, the tenor of politics. I mean, and I think, you know, I, I see it and I just kind of cringe when I see people talk about, you know, I'm actually maybe agreeing with people on the ideological points or issues. But when they talk about, well, you know, the Republicans are going to be just, you know, the anti-Latino party and things like that. Well, I might agree with that. Certainly, you know, you know tr- some of Trump's comments about, you know, the, you know, who was, you know, who would come across the border and, you know, Judge Curiel and these various things that he mentioned. But, you know, it's kind of hard to say with and be credible that a party is anti a particular group when really when millions of people in that group are voting for it. I mean, if at that point, what are you going to start throwing out, you know, false consciousness as an idea? I mean, that's an, you know, that's a buzzword that basically that, you know, that, that you know, that I, to me is at, at best, you know, a cop out or a cope, you know, if not, you know, if, if not, you know, something, you know, even worse, you know, so. Yeah, I get maybe to hone in on that because you talked about Trump because we were shocked when the Rio Grande Valley had such good numbers for Trump. We also saw that uh, around Miami, parts of Florida, Latino voters more for Trump than what they probably thought. Is the sensibility you talk about more of that? Is that why they can take somebody like Trump who on its surface should be offensive to certain groups, but they just kind of laugh it off? You talked about the sensibility of the group. Maybe that's a better way to approach when we're talking about a subgroup of a subgroup, which we're talking about yeah. with like Rancho Libertarianism, uh, Latinos in specific areas, that sensibility is probably going to be a better way to approach this than just straight political or partisan divides, isn't it? Yeah, that's definitely going to be part of it. I mean, the, I mean, there's there's a lot of factors that go into it. I mean, there's the the there is this laugh it off factor of just like ah, oh, he's just you know he's just this guy who just you know blows off steam and you know kind of blusters and hey you know I'm kind of like that or I know people like that you know it's this sort of yeah and and I think so there that's that too and there you can say part maybe cultural too particularly I mean I think I think you have more of a a a a sensibility a way of speaking maybe in more kind of educated upper middle class circles professional circles that one doesn't speak a certain way while in other places no it's perfectly fine to speak that way (laughs) um you know and and Trump tapped into it tapped into that um then there's purely kind of more again the material or demographic factors, like say in the Rio Grande Valley, where particularly in the more rural counties, um, Star and Zapata, those are the two that, you know, that people honed in on. And and people honed in on them because the, the, when you have, I think part of it's also the fact that when you don't have really good exit polling, you start looking for other proxies. So when you have a county like that's like 90% or 95% Hispanic, you can say, well, how that county voted is an inch, you know, tells you something about at least a certain subject of Hispanic votes. Safe to say that, and so, like in those counties, you also had the fact that a lot, a lot, a lot of a lot of people work for the border patrol. They are, they, they are, and and so you have, and you have the ripple effect. Like say the spouses 
and um, friends, you know, and also the people working in the oil industry, you know, working on rigs and that sort of thing. But yeah, but you go back to the surprise. And, and I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I'm definitely, I mean, if you look at my Twitter feed, I'm, you know, I'm not a Trump fan in any way, shape or form. And I'm extremely, you know, not a Trump person. Um, but there was a lot who would, who still saw that they were okay with what he was saying. And even with respect to the issue of immigration itself, there's, there's people say, well, you know, let's draw a line between illegal immigration and legal immigration. And, you know, there's certainly some people, you know, right now on the right who don't necessarily want to make, cross, make that line, but there's a lot who, you know, who still, still do and still will. And, and, the, and so people say, Hey, you know, I came here legally or my you know, family did. I, I promise it. Or even if they're not so worried about the illegality issue per se, they're wor- worried about crime and, um, and just, and, and I can say, I mean, my, I still have family down there still, you know, we still have a little family ranch down that area and stuff like that. And, you know, it's a statistically, it's a very safe area. Your, your chances of getting mugged or harmed when you're walking through Rio Grande city or Brownsville are a heck of a lot less than if you're walking through a lot of parts of Houston, Dallas, I can tell you that much, but, um, but, but the thing is, but there's still this feeling that there, that there is this danger across the border and it's a very real one. I mean, not only with the, not so much even the the, the people crossing uh, who are involved with, you know, no one's no one's terribly frightened about the people who are crossing to come just to come work, but yeah, you know, there is the cartels across the border, and that's real, and I, it, it, it's denial to say that it's no big deal there. No, there's been a terrible amount of violence that there, and and people who used to go um, across the the border on a regular basis just don't do it as much anymore. Um, and, um, and that, and that's created a real, and I think that's maybe created more of a feeling from people there. just like, no, I mean, I really identify with the North side of that river and I want to be, you know, I, I want to, there's certain things on the South side. I really want to keep away. And it's not because of racism and it's not because of some false consciousness of, oh, you're, and that's something that bugs the, the hell out of me when I hear talk about speed, like, oh, well, you're identifying with, you know, with the Anglos or identify, like, look, I mean, there may be some people who are that, that, that falls in that category, but I mean, most people, I mean, when you, t- when you see the, 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 uh, the friend of mine went down and, and like, and like did kind of talk to people at like Trump rallies, like the ones where they do the trucks you know, the big kind of, kind of those big kind of ones where they're, where they're driving stuff. And, and um, she went to South Texas and interviewed people there. And she was just saying the thing that, 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 that was striking was, you know, was number one, these people are having fun. It was like, it was fun. She said it, it was impossible to go there and not smile. It's like, okay, I may not agree with the, 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 the politics here, but yeah, but th- this is not a, a, a people who are a grim group of people. And, um, and they were not, and they were Mexican-American. They were not, they were, you know, you know, with, however you want to define that, the food, the music, the, the sensibility, you know, the language in some cases, you know, um, you know, they, they were not there because they were trying to act like, you know, uh, some, some group, some group that they were not, they were, they were who they were. And, but that also meant that they were supporting someone who, um, you would think they wouldn't. And the, and the fact is the numbers are there. I mean, it's just like you saw the drift and not only in places like South Texas, but places where they're able to do some more, again, that proxy kind of granular kind of analysis. I mean, my understanding is like in Houston and Dallas that they're, that in the precincts that are predominantly um, uh, Latino, that there was, a, that there was a shift towards Trump. Again, was it a majority? No, but, um, but it was a, 
a, but it's like when you exp- and then to me there's a real warning there for the democrats and is if if in 2020 the year where, where if, if it's like if, if, the, if the if the drift was able to go there in a year where you would think there'd be so much um kind of headwind against against that because of you know the, because of trump's policies or what you thought people how you thought people reply to them or respond to them that that didn't happen and boy if that if that's the case Tim, what about uh in the future if you had maybe someone like a desantis or someone like that where that baggage wouldn't even be wouldn't really be there um that that's that's an issue and uh, and i would say you know my fellow democrats um <laughs> you, you've got a problem yeah. <laughs> um, so. Mark, Mark Izagiri, uh, great stuff. As always, the moral of the story is the national headline doesn't meet the local knowledge. So always dig into these stories a little bit. Great stuff, buddy. Let folks know where you, they can find you on social media and elsewhere. You've done a lot of writing in the past. We hope you do it in the future. We're always happy to have you at Ordinary Times anytime you get the itch to do so. Let Absolutely. folks know where they can find you, my friend. Sure. Um, you can find me on uh, best places on, on Twitter, just Mark, M-A-R-K-Y-Z-A-G-U-I-R-R-E, no dots or anything else, just there. Um, you know, uh, one of the benefits of having a very unique last name is um, easy to Google to see for articles and that, that sort of thing. Um, uh, uh, the piece of Ordinary Times, MAGA and the RGV was what it was called. And, you know, people want to look that up. Um, to the, the, it kind of went to the detail of what we talked about here today. Um, and I did other stuff in the past, Huffington Post. Um, elsewhere, I started actually writing at a place called um, From Form that was um, kind of led by David From and back over a decade ago. And I've just been to various places. And um, yeah, feel free to follow on so- social media and to, to look at the articles. Yeah, and we hope we get him in ordinary times anytime he wants it. It's an open invitation, my friend. Absolutely. Good in-depth stuff on something that gets glossed over way too often. And we greatly appreciate it. It's what we try to do here on Herdtel. Thank you for your time, sir. I appreciate you. Thank you. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu.